When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to what is sure to be the worst performing video <laughs> in in-review history. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle, Texas Street Latino Heat, clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, the globe trotting, head shotting, rooting, tooting, three-point shooting, Nitro Rifle from Twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Tim, if uh, Magic Mike in review happens in the woods and no one's around, did it happen? <laughs> that is an excellent question that I'm sure at least four to 6,000 people are going to be able to answer. <laughs> hey, um, 8,000 on the last one. I, hey, I'll take it. I'll Eight take days. it. Mm -hmm. Joining us today as well. It is Christmas in February, everybody. Joey Noel. I started the show on my phone because I was looking for some pictures, and boy, did I find four of them that you guys are just, I feel like, really going to enjoy Great. in this I, podcast me, within a podcast. Let me tell you that at some point in this episode, and this is a treat just for the four to six thousands of you that are watching this, we're about to blow your mind with a Joey reveal that, ah, oh, I, I definitely didn't see coming. <laughs> uh, producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino, are you... Most excited about that or rank those abs in this episode? I'm excited for, I mean, rank those abs is going to, I'm not looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Because there are, there's, there's something called an uphill battle and then there's just like a war and the war ranking the abs in this movie is just a war of be, nutrition. That's a whole other podcast within a podcast that we, the four other thousand people won't watch, but I'm, I'm most excited for the little Easter egg surprise that we have for one Joey, uh, because I was talking earlier about specific hairstyles in the eighties and Joey just blew my mind and said, I used to have said hairstyle. And so Barrett said, send us assets. We're going to bring it up for people at whatever the host's leisure. And I'm going to find a really good moment. How does that make you feel returning to in review? If we're talking magic, if we're talking Mike, you know we need Chris Anka. How you doing, man? We got to see if there's a little bit of that magic left in that mic. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my shit, everybody. That is an actual line set with somebody holding a golden microphone. And it, oh, oh, yeah. We're gonna such a great moment. moment. We're gonna break the living hell down out of this movie. Nick's Tim gonna also, give the entire plot. It's gonna be great. Andy, what's up? In the in the future, if we ever think about doing a male focused rank those abs, can we call it abdomen? Oh, I mean, it's not damn. too late. We could just do that right. That's now. That's really good. I am gonna change it. And I just you know just a little tease for everybody out there that might have forgot that uh, this is the third episode of this show that we've done. We have actually, in fact, done Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL in review. So we do have a couple podcasts and rankings already going. Uh, Rank Those Abs, which is now being renamed Abdo Men, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, number one, we have Good Joe answer. Manginello from XXL. And number two, Death Choke. we have Joe Manginello. From Magic Mike 1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, in Magic Mike 3, a.k.a. Magic Mike's The Last Dance. That's not what it's called. It's just called Magic Mike's Last Dance. Released on February 10th, 2023. I didn't do all the rigmarole. Real quick, of course, this is kind of funny. He's in review. Each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Uh, this is an example of us 
doing it out of the sheer passion, doing it out of the love. You this know is what one mean? for us. This one is one for us. I understand. I understand, everybody. We're going to give you one, too. Later this week, we will be doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So, hey, that episode will be going live the day it's recorded on the Friday the movie comes out. So do not worry. And then we're getting right into it, man. We From abs to abs, everybody. Creed in review holy cow it begins and andy i can't wait it's an overdose it. oh it's yeah. possible by the way for the first time ever we might have back to back the same person's abs ranking number one on oh that list. wow think about that you never know the majors Score man gummy. we'll see We're what happens world. the majors yeah I, I need to take a little quick break here like can we can we have a podcast with the podcast the the major watch here yeah absolutely the major watch. The major watch. <laughs> Bringing our fucking A game today. I love it. Chris, what what is your your relationship with Jonathan Majors at this point in time? Uh, I mean, good, I guess. I mean, I saw him uh, first in Lovecraft Country, mm. um, and he was great in that. And then so sad that that got canceled. It was good. It was the yeah. HBO show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just. The trailer for Creed, man. You never saw Loki? I saw Loki. I mean, like he's he's. I don't see his abs in that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> what who, about that? Uh, who the is Ebony he? Cover, but is he? Abs? Oh yeah. I mean, every photo shoot he does just get, somehow gets more and more phenomenal. Yeah. Like the fact, the fact that like a like just a he looks amazing, but he also has so much fun in them, and I appreciate that. Like so many of these like photo shoot covers, it's like gets kind of more and more like rigid or boring, and he's just having a blast. Joey, on are you on team Pedro Pascal, team Jonathan Majors, or team Why Would You Make Me Choose? Yeah, Why Would You Make Me Choose? I will say that my TikTok <laughs> thinks that I'm strictly on Pedro Pascal's side. Mostly because I think my dear friend Caroline has loved Pedro Pascal for like the last five years, so I always send her videos, and then now there's just too many videos to send her. But like, are you so are you lumpy. kidding me? Like he, they're so <laughs> lumpy. They're so like, lumpy. It's insane. So I will also say I've never watched any of the Rocky movies, and I'm very invested in these Creed movies between him and. Michael B. Jordan, so I might do a little watch along myself. Oh, to Joe, go see number three. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> You're gonna have a damn good time. Maybe you should come over to the Ooh. Getty's Theater and watch Creed one and two with us. Oh, we'll plan okay. that out later. Um, we have our Patreon producers. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny uh, to get the show ad free, to watch live as we record it, to get a whole bunch of bonus content. Or to be a Patreon producer, just like Trent Barry, James Hastings, Colin Huguenel, Casey Andrew, and Nathan Lamoth have done. We appreciate all you so very much. Nick, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh, he, he's incredible. Um, incredible. And and but and, and I spent largely a lot of time you, you were talking just now thinking what I pick between him or Pedro Pascal. And I think to myself, I, I might be a little bit more team Pascal just because I keep getting that Instagram ad for that cool wax jacket that he wears in The Last of Us, and I kind of mm. really want it. And in my brain, if I put it on, I become him, and I look like him. Well, not not but it, No? Okay. Yeah. Um, Tim, for a <laughs> second there, when you asked, Chris Anka, what's your relationship to Jonathan Majors? Mm -hmm. I thought they went to school together. I thought they knew something. each other, too. I got so excited. <laughs> I, thought I was, I was, like, what I was so excited. I'm like, does Chris know Jonathan Majors? <laughs> I thought, on? like, yeah, we, we went to Bible school together. Well, it's time, everybody. We're getting into it. Magic Mike's Last Dance, released on February 10th, 2023. And as seen in the chat right now, Jason Cook says, I, I've seen zero marketing for this movie. Nick said that if I didn't remind him, he wouldn't have known it was coming out. Mm -hmm. I, this might be the least promoted movie I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. And, like, 
I I don't know. There's a movie called Strange World that came out last year. Remember that one, Tim? I, I mean, that at least I, I remember seeing trailers and things for. This is just kind of like... Both I saw TikToks year. about that a lot because um, Jake Gyllenhaal was doing press marketing for it with him and the rest of the cast, and he goes, well, you know, if we all come together, couldn't we all make a strange world? And he, like, did this pun knowing that it was stupid, and nobody around him, like, I don't think heard it or, like, acknowledged it, and he just kind of sat there, like, super, <laughs> un- like, not one person acknowledged it. It was really, really great. It's great, great TV. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm also way more familiar with that because it was one of those kind of funny Reddit situations where there was like a, a good week period after the poster came out where every day multiple people would tweet at me be like, Tim, you're in the new Disney movie. Like, Can you pull up oh. a Strange World poster? Because I, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. What are you, what are you pointing at? <laughs> Bear just pointed at me. A- Andy's water uh, bottle, if you could like move that, maybe not uh, in the center. Oh, so it's not over, uh, Chris? Yeah, thank you. Gotcha, gotcha. Does it, it breaks the illusion. I see what you're saying. It does, mm. thank you. Nick, have you seen this, though? I, I'm sorry, Disney's no, Strange World? No. No? Okay, well. We're going to review it. When you, when you, <laughs> can you give me the plot for it? Uh, yeah, when you get a chance, Barry, if you bring up that image, uh, I, I really would like Nick to see it. Uh, but anyways, February 10th, 2023, this movie came out exclusively in theaters, originally going to be an HBO-only project, and now they're like, no, 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 no. This is a theater-only experience. You know why? Academy Award nominations. Mm. That's what you're right. I didn't think <laughs> about that part. I didn't for a couple think weeks, about bro. that part. But what I did think about, though, was how important the theater experience could be to this movie. Uh, Chris, real quick, I want to talk about your theater experience with this. What, what okay. was it? So going into this movie, um, the trailers didn't do anything for me. I thought all three, two and a half trailers, I don't know how you got the last one, um, just weren't hitting. This movie just was not hitting. Uh, and then Tim reminded me about the interview, and I was like, oh, shit, I should buy tickets. <laughs> That's right. So, got tickets, went last night, and it was, like, a fairly packed theater, you know? Wasn't oh. Real... It, was like, it was, like, three quarters, I would say. Wow. Um, really? Way more than ours. But, like, not the Target demo. Like, it was a lot of, like, <laughs> it was a lot of, like, teenagers who I don't think they know what they were getting into. Um... <laughs> Like, the last two movies, it was, like, entirely middle-aged women. Gay or straight. It was just all middle-aged women just having a blast. This one was a little bit more lucky. But right behind me, there was a 60-year-old woman. And she and I had a fucking blast. We were, like, like, clapping at, like, routines and stuff. And, like, the theater was fairly calm. And then that first dance starts. Yeah. And, like, it was Captain America with the hammer. Like level of like get hype yeah. of like oh like I was I was worried and then that like he starts and I was like okay no we're in for it you would have been worried in our theater <laughs> like there was just like no awkward one... laughter for me I'm about to watch penetration we'll right get into the details uh, of the penetration uh, later but yeah so the the theater experience for this I do I do think can add a lot well to... there there was that old lady mm-hmm. walking old, towards old an couple. old lady an old couple. When I say old, I mean, you My know, gosh. like 70-ish, maybe? Yeah. And I they were walking with us, and then we were like, oh, man, it'd be so funny if they walked into Magic Mike. And like, they walked up to the door, but then they like ended up walking. We're like, ah, oh, damn it, they're not coming into Magic Mike. But then we left the theater, and they were right leaving the theater with us. I was like, oh, they did watch Magic Oh, they were Mike. going. Oh. I, yeah. Yeah, I they swear to God, us. they were embarrassed seeing us, knowing that we saw them. 
Like it really felt like mm-hmm. they were waiting to like mm-hmm. let the, let the lights dim and then they were gonna sneak in. Uh, Didn't it feel that yeah, way? Yeah, no, no, no. Totally, like they had some totally. shame about this. Don't yeah. be shameful. What are you they talking about? Straight up looked at it and then looked at each other and went, "Oh, I, I, I think oh, oh, I wrong the wrong place. spot. Oh, we're yeah. in the wrong place." And then I'm not gonna name names, but one of the people in our group was like, "No, you guys are in the right place. You guys should totally come in." It was me. It was you. Oh, all of us. Yeah, it was him first. Well, hey, Magic Michael, let's go. Like, what the barrier? Yeah, this is the the strange world. Him, yeah. Oh. My God, <laughs> you got a suit. That's bro. you in the morning. You got suit. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, enough, but... Yeah, uh, twenty percent more blonde. Yeah. Runtime of one hour and fifty-two minutes. Uh, directed by Steven Soder- Soderberg, who did Aaron Brockovich, The Ocean's Trilogy, Logan Lucky, and the first Magic Mike. Who directed the, the second? second. Mm. Gregory Jacobs directed mm. the second mm. Magic Mike X Double XL. Which is just so good. I love Little J.J. Abrams situation, Star Wars. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the vision was. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, the music was by Season Kent. And this is a rare one where it was on Wikipedia and the name wasn't even clickable. So. Yeah. You don't need it. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, budget of $35 million and a box office obviously just came out last night, like early screeners or whatever. On trace, on, on track. For ten million, there you go. Valentine's Day weekend. That's pretty good for fifteen hundred theaters uh, opening weekend. So I'm mad at it. Yeah, get after it, it, Mike. Get you call, after. You think it. there's not going to be a million Valentine's Day things happening in the next few days? That's so where true. They're at James Buckingham. Cameron, though, he's coming through. He's like Titanic in three oh. D, man. I already have my tickets for Saturday, so maybe a little bit of both. You know, oh, man. Oh, I wish I, could, I, I don't remember how to play that song. On the, pan, we'll on. on the pan flute. I forgot how to play that. <laughs> I mean, Avatar interview was so <laughs> No, that's oh, I thought you were going to do Top Gun. Take my breath away. <laughs> All right, let's get into our thoughts on this movie. Chris, let's start with you. What did you think about Magic Mike's Last Dance? So, yeah, so going into this movie, I was very worried. Um, the hype was not high for this. And then it starts, and that first dance happens, and I'm like, okay. We're in for a good time, and then it kind of teeters a little bit for me, and then about halfway through, I loved it. I love this movie. Um, I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's just a very good movie, um, I, but it's probably my favorite of the trio so Ooh. far. Um, and I, I don't know how much... I, I think a part of it going in for me is like... Of this quintilogy. A lot of this movie... Of, Quintilogy? Yeah, they're making two more. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? for the last 10 years. It's my favorite so far, this <laughs> upcoming Quintilogy. Um, it's interesting that they went through so much effort to make the Mike, Magic Mike live show canon to the Magic Mike cinematic universe. Because a lot of, like, the whole, like, play uh, show is the live show. The plot's almost exactly the same. Um, oh, and how they kind of like break the fourth wall. And a lot of those dancers are the Magic Mike Live dancers. Awesome. Oh. Um, which is why they're all really good. And I don't have to watch, you know, Kevin Nash try to move. I don't hate on <laughs> Come on, come on. No, He's diesel, no, dude. No. We can hate on Give Kevin Give you the Nash. big boot. I'm not <laughs> hate on Kevin Nash. I'm just saying, like, we went from Kevin Nash to way. like actual dancers. Matt Bomber also doesn't, da- like, you know, we're actually getting like the real Magic Mike dancers in this. And I think that like really elevates the whole thing. And, and so there's a level of uh, like, oh, like I know what they're going for. So like, I'm really excited to see how they kind of land this. And I thought they landed it, you know, superbly. Superbly. Nick Scarpino, what do you think? Magic Mike's Last Dance does for the male strip review, the experience of the male strip review, what Top Gun Maverick did. Yeah. <laughs> 
for I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I had a great time watching it in theaters with you guys. It's not a good movie. There's a lot of really awkward moments. There's a lot of bad acting. There's a lot of miscast people in this. Um, but I think they managed to nail the one thing that I was hoping they'd nail, which is that this is this is an experience really about dancing, and it's a dance movie. And when you go into that, you go, I just I just want to see something I've never seen on screen before, and they came through. There's sequences in this specifically, um, the the last sequence with the water that I was like, this is stunning, stunning. It is beautiful. It is so cool. It is. Uh, it actually has some meaning in the movie. You know, it ties back together with that first uh, dance that he does. It's it's the completion of his journey. It's it's everything I wanted it to be. And then I was like, but they didn't play Pony. Oh, was I wrong? We got a little <laughs> bit of Pony too because they know what their audience is. No. They, the audience is at this point is. Hey, you're going to go, you're going to watch some really cool dancing. You're going to watch Channing Tatum be aw shucks charming. And then there's going to be some other cast members and a loose plot. And then you're going to get to the end of it and go, God, I'm glad we saw that with the 70 year olds that snuck into the theater behind us. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed it and I can't wait to rank it. Joey Noel. I liked it. I will say that after coming off of Magic Mike XXL to not have that like core, like friend group shenanigan feeling missing from this one. I feel like it was a big miss. I think even if like they would have come for like to watch the show or like a little, they're in that like one shot of That's it or a whatever. Great call. If they would have come to the show. That would <clears> yeah. be awesome. Then I think it would have been fun, but I just like that camaraderie and I don't, they don't, didn't have the amount of time to like build that with like the side group that they were kind of too doing. expensive. Oh, for I, I was going to say, I don't have the budget for that either. Cause yeah. those guys, the, and like other than Selma Hayek, we didn't really get a lot, any, any other big name actors in this other than uh, Channing Tatum and Selma Hayek. So yeah. getting, getting them was like, Hey, this is a favor, guys. Come on, get in here. We'll pay you yeah. a day rate, and that's pretty much it. Also, I love that they were like, I'm just gonna still frame here because they only got Joe Mangel- Man. How do you say his last name? Mangan- Manganello to say like three lines. Yeah, <laughs> they were like still frame him. Um, and then I will say, didn't a hundred percent really buy him and some Hayek no. having like great chemistry, no. which is a bummer because I think he's usually like pretty good at selling that with the other in the other love. Romantic. I guess I didn't really like Cody Horn in the first one at all. <laughs> well, I was saying to Nick last night that like it's fitting that he doesn't have any chemistry with Selma Hyde because he has doesn't have any chemistry with Amber Heard or the girl from the first movie either. Oh, yeah. So like, it's it's the Magic Mike thing. Yeah. It's but I mean but Selma Hayek was but she's I, put she was putting in 150 percent more work than I feel like the other two were. 100. percent And uh, well, yeah, but I'm with you on that. I, that was the one thing that I felt was really kind of lacking in there. I just didn't buy the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think it was supposed to be Tandy Newton, if I'm not mistaken, originally. And I think they would have had better chemistry. Mm-hmm. But they had there was some reason that she had to leave the project. Um, and then, yeah, I also felt like the music in this one was, like, not quite hitting the same way that the music in the other ones had hit. I don't know if it's because it was in England and they were trying to pull some, like, different artists mm-hmm. to, like, uh, touch on that or not. Um, so I was really, really surprised and happy to hear pony at the end to yeah kind of like gotta get pony bring it all together well because they mentioned it and i yeah. was like that better not, that better <laughs> not be the only mention of pony yeah <laughs> but the dancing in this one is like 10 times better than any of the other movies it's like really incredible to watch yeah andy i i had fun man i think for a movie that has no business being like existing made. <laughs> like this movie should not have been made um and with that being said, like I still had fun. We're still laughing when we need to laugh. I think there's still a lot of that. That I'm glad that Chris had the experience that he had in the studio because, or in the theater, because for us, it was just like quiet and like kind of weird. 
And oh like, no, we were the assholes in that. It was year. us. We yeah, were, we were who are we the problem? Or we, were we the solution? We also saw like a five o'clock showing, which is kind of a weird time. Fair. You ever been to a wedding where like there's one couple that just tries to get the dancing started and fails miserably? <laughs> that was all of us. That last was night us. Of that movie. At, at, there was a moment that I swear each one of us, uh, plus Gia, that was our whole group, that we all. Try to you know throw something out there like let's get the, let's get it going. It, it, it never no. got it never there. Flat <laughs> yeah, it, ne- it never quite got there, and and I think that's why that initial sort of dance was kind of awkward for me because it didn't have the uh, like the showman pizzazz that the rest of the dance numbers did at the end. Like that shit was like really impressive, and I'm just impressed by these athletes defying every law of gravity and just moving in ways that no human should be able to move and. Again, like floating in some se- sequences, doing crazy handstands. The level of athleticism is fucking nuts in this movie. It's really, really cool to watch. Uh, but yeah, for for the rest of it, I didn't really buy a, a whole lot of the chemistry there. I think like I, I was surprised to learn that this was is the plot of the musical because as as the movie is happening and as we're getting to what the beats are gonna be, like hey, she's uh, she's pissed off at her ex husband. She's gonna turn this whole musical into a fucking show. I was like, this is absurd. <laughs> like, this is absurd. This is, this is the craziest, stupidest, like fucking plot ever. Um, but it, it, you know, I I still think uh, I'm kind of not super with Nick when it comes to, like the acting stuff. I I kind of enjoy the natural conversational sort of improv vibes that the that the movie has. It it doesn't really feel like actors reciting lines it feels like people talking and i've always enjoyed that about their approach to what this is like here's kind of a loose thread of what we need to get across just kind of talk and get that conversation out and i've always kind of enjoyed that approach to it um but yeah aside from that um i still had fun shocking i think it's like really awkward at the end though it kind of ends and stumbles in a weird way near the end they kept on replaying the same joke of the little girl with covering like for way too long. Way too way long. Way too much. Way it's too much. It's a funny thing, but it was like, eh. It was funny the first time, and then they just kept on going back to it and going back to it. But yeah, by the end of it, it's. We have that really, really awesome moment at the end. And then out, you know, Tim, honestly, the whole time, I thought the unicorn was going to become a pony. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it was right there. Was right How there did they you? F that up? It yeah, was right it was... there. And then it just kind of stumbled, and it was like, oh, the movie's over. Oh, the show's over. Yeah. The show they're putting on is over. That. That that was kind of weird and and, and odd, um, but yeah. The ending so, reminded me of Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I'll let you figure uh, who out. Could, how. Yeah, <laughs> about a nickel. Nobody can figure out. For every time I thought that, but yeah, I think the movie is like surprisingly entertaining. I still had a good time with it. I don't think it's a very good movie at all, but I still had fun with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, similar to all of you guys going into this, I I I was let me just say concerned. All right. Um, I uh, just top level, as we all know, I have beef with Salma Hayek, uh, and I continue to. I won't find that out further. That, I don't think you I know what, Tim. You're actually you're actually being the better person here because you went and saw her movie. I Why do you have has she listened to any That's of really big of you. That's pretty huge. She talked shit about me one time, and I, I didn't appreciate it. But you know what? Tim and her okay, had guys. beef at a Comic Con. It was really a Comic Con 2015. I can't believe we didn't like boycott this movie. It's a whole fucking thing. But you know, to give her some props, I really enjoyed her in this in this film. Um, and I, I didn't expect to at all because I do have beef, but uh, she did the damn thing. So, so shout out to you. Uh, did they have chemistry? Is the beef squash? No, no, the beef's not squash. Oh, wow, not yet. No, not yet. Never, not, uh, not uh, redeemed. Turn it into a quintology, whatever the hell. 
Quint- then we can talk. Yeah. Quintilogy, yeah. Quadrilogy. Exactly. Um, but going into this, uh, the reviews weren't looking too hot. Me and Joe were talking about it. We watched the trailer, and I was like, moments of it excited me. But the overall idea, I was like, look, we've talked about Magic Mike 1. We've talked about Double XL. I went back and listened to some of our thoughts on, on those. And the amount of times we used words like disjointed and why is this happening was pretty surprising. <laughs> um, and and also the amount of times the words art film came up were really surprising. I don't know if you remember, For but the like first one, yeah. the first one, yeah. very artsy. And then the second one was way more like, let's just give the people what they want. And like, I, they missed the mark in a lot of ways. Like we all kind of agreed that double XL had the highest highs and not the lowest lows, just like baffling decisions. Also, uh, how many times did I say slice of life? Slice of life? I, I didn't. I didn't. Probably four. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Put the over under three and a half, everybody. <laughs> but uh, for going into this one, seeing the trailer, I was like, okay, it looks like they're taking it a little bit more seriously as a movie. I don't know that that's going to work in the, the the pro side of a Magic Mike film, but but we'll see. I'm going to go in with an open mind, and it got harder and harder to go in with an open mind <laughs> as, <laughs> as uh, we started hearing a little bit more about this. But really, it was the reviews that started yeah. popping. Like people even that I know that I'm, I, I would expect. You love Cobra Kai. You love Fast and Furious. You clearly get this, and they were giving it like really bad reviews. So I was like, "Fuck this! This might not be good." Sitting down in this theater with you guys yesterday, literally, it, the, the movie started, and I was already like, "Oh, this is gonna be a tough one." The moment mm-hmm. the fucking first dance hits, though, not even before that, it, it's the moment that we see in the trailer of him bartending, and it cuts to okay. him being a cop stripper. I was Great like, moment. This is fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Then the moment of him locking the door as he oh. starts to dance, like <laughs> Andy, I it might have just been our our seating arrangement, but because you were far from me, so I didn't know what you guys were going through. I didn't know the experience you were having. I was dead center in the theater looking at this screen. And I might as well have met in my own. World. You felt like he locked the theater. It, it, it door. felt like the, the like my mind <laughs> door was locked, and I was just <laughs> locked in to Magic Mike and what was going on between him and Selma Hike. I have never seen anything like it. The things that they were doing to each other's bodies, the way that it he like so set horny. the entire like like room up, like and he like gave us a little foreshadowing of like we're gonna use that place, we're gonna use that, we're gonna use this, and how are we gonna use this thing? <laughs> and I just am fucking so impressed by how how deep into Magic Mike I got in this <laughs> moment. And for them to bring it back at the end to do all the flashback montages with the most on-the-nose references with a stunning water performance. Gorgeous. They just fucking did the damn Gorgeous. thing. And in between the whole experience, I could have used way more of the OG group. I could have used way more fun, way less serious shit, whatever. Give me a couple more of those bus dance scenes, you know? Oh, the bus dance scene was incredible, though. Like, that's... Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. More, way more More that. British more, narration. More Backstreet Boys. <laughs> like. <Do we>? And, <laughs> In, in, oh, okay. Well, first off, Double XL. <laughs> there's the scene of them all on Molly in the uh, liquor store dancing to Backstreet Boys. And it's yeah. like, God, we could use a lot more of that. I loved the narration in this shit. There's this little girl so giving narration of the fucking plot of the movie. Well, it was the book she was writing, right? And it's the book yeah. she's writing yeah. about yeah. her mom and Magic Mike falling in love through dance. Because you know what? That's exactly what the fuck happens in this movie. Yeah. She's just telling us the plot. And it's my favorite thing because Selma Hayek fucking falls in love with him because he dances too good. It changes her life. It's this why, movie's perfect. It's why a I ten. to move my body in this world, you know, for but, that. But, but I will say that, like, the movie in between that gets us to all those, like, dance scenes and stuff, it's serviceable, which is more than I can say for the other two movies in terms of plot. I'm not saying good, but at least it was like, hey, we... Coherent. We're coherent. I, we're doing something here. I was telling Chris last night, I like what this movie was trying to be. 
And that and a lot of these elements were actually they were trying to write a deep kind of thoughtful movie about a woman who meets someone who brings her out of this like rut that she's in because of this divorce. One could argue that they completely undid all of that with the final scene where she chooses love over money. And the whole point of the fucking movie was that why do women always have to choose? But we'll get to that or you can get to that right now. Just real quick. I think that the point was you got to (laughs) choose. It's that's life, baby. It's interesting the whole, but I would have loved it if there had been an option three for her because I feel like she was, you know, kind of the main character. Mike doesn't really like. What does he do in this? He's just like, yeah, I'll just do this thing. But he doesn't really. There's not, there's not really his journey is not the journey. It's her journey that should have been the focus of it. And I think a lot of it was just unfortunately so undermined by the fact that Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum that relationship is just so fundamentally unbelievable. That it's at, at points cartoonish with with the things that are happening and sort of how Selma Hayek is reacting to a lot of things. I just think she was kind of miscast in this. And I would have loved to have seen it if they had sort of like made her more of a focus and Mike more of a side character. Similar to like an Ant-Man where you're like, you know, we talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Where, where Ant-Man's just kind of a side character in that. Something like that where it's like, Channing Tatum, we know we're going to love him. We know he's going to dance. But I think they could have, I, th- I really think they could have nailed the actual movie. I do. I think there's a really good movie in here somewhere. I just think they were like, let's, let's just get through this so we get to the dance parts. The narration reminded me of uh, the first Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> 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 when April is talking about, Raph was fucking something. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> is that what it reminds oh, me of? Oh, she's like painting yeah. stuff like that? Yes. Because yes. to, to me, it reminds me of, you think you know me? You don't even know what I'm about. I'm Peter hey. Parker. I'm hey. Spider-Man. Peter Parker. You think you know me? You well, you don't. Because if you he did. <laughs> oh, so everybody, my story's not for the faint <laughs> We're about to get in the plot of Magic Mike's last dance, but before we do that, let me tell you a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that's shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds 
finds you the best ones. And then you just watch the prices drop. We here at Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save. That's the best part. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your phone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, you save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Andy. I'm feeling horny. I'm feeling horny. I'm just going to do the keys. I can't do the drums and the keys at the same time. It's so hard, man. I'm feeling horny. Let's do it. Tell us the story. It's so hard to do the same time, man. Ladies and gentlemen, and here we go. The story of Magic Mike's last dance. I'll believe it when I see it, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm still holding out for a hero that will get Magic Mike uh, for life or whatever they got to call it. Here's the other thing. Yeah, Here's go. the other Jump thing. In, Joe. We could make this a fourth installment. And review the Vegas show, but nobody on this panel, I think this is except five. for Chris, is willing to to go the I'll distance go for it. Uh, a, <laughs> I would hundred percent go, and B, we should also watch Step Up. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing yeah. it out there. Um, we start. Let's him replace me. He likes Step Up. You're fine. You got to come with me. I got to have someone driving around Vegas. They don't have Uber You're out not there. Not trying to step up after golfing the for like streets? two and a half hours. Just like being the most tired I've ever been in my life because I'm out of shape. I'm like I gotta watch Magic Mike tonight. <laughs> I'm so I, cozy in that theater. Remember when I couldn't figure out how the golf cart worked and I almost slammed us into the back of my cast? <laughs> I do, I do. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Magic Mike, Magic Mike's furniture business. You forgot about that. Was uh, hit very hard by the old global pandemic, and Mike had to go back to his roots, which was bartending. Apparently, he's bartending at a party for a charity event for Selma Hayek, who is a recent. Quasi divorcee. She's getting a divorce from a very powerful media mogul, and all of her friends are fake as shit. And she's just not in a good place mentally. And Mike, of course, uh, is spotted out by someone. I'll tell you what, man, that guy played that character perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> when she was like, "I know you from somewhere," and it turns out that Mike was the stripper. For, she was the first. She was in the first movie, right, where he comes and he's a cop, or is it the second one? It's the first one, right? I didn't think it was from a specific I don't movie. Think it's, it was. it's from the first oh. movie. It's from the oh, first it movie. is from the first, from the first movie. movie. Yeah, I think that oh, yeah. I think they, they, they the other guy there is that new kid who's like doing drugs and like slips one of them drugs. Oh. But it's the girl that they dance the on. It's better than I thought it was, Andy. Yeah, it's meta. <laughs> no, we're, it's, we're bringing this whole thing together. This yeah, is all and I, lo- I just, there's a we're great spent. moment where she goes, wait a minute, I do know you. When you were a cop, and he has that, and Channing Tatum just has that moment, he like yeah, he plays it so well, so casually. Oh my god, it's, so, it's really horny. hard cut, which is one of two hard cuts that made me laugh out loud. The other one we'll get to later. It's the most bizarre thing in this movie, but it feels very in line with Channing Tatum. Maybe a little twenty one, twenty two Jump Street. Oh, dude, first off, there is it's it's a criticism I have of this movie, but it might also be the movie's biggest strength is that Channing Tatum goes. From being in Magic Mike to occasionally just being in Twenty One Jump Street with some of his deliveries of these yep. things, like the scene in the lunch where he's just like, ta- like you guys, like the little quips that he has. I'm like, if Jonah Hill were opposite mm-hmm. of you, this would be a banger of a scene for Twenty Three Jump Street. Uh, but I digress. This woman's like, 
like laugh and they have this little secret and the guy picks up on the fact that Channing Tatum's like you know they they've been there there and back. No, I don't think he picks up on it. He well, he has that moment where he puts his arm around her a little bit more. Where he's like, like, okay, Channing Tatum's like well, I think learning he's just with my uncomfortable because Channing Tatum's there. Fair. You just look at Channing Tatum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, she goes, uh, they get a wink and a smile, and then later, uh, you know, he he ends up meeting uh, some Hayek who's like, all my friends are fake and I'm in a bad place. And he's like, I forget the line he tells her, but he's like, maybe they're just not good at um, seeing. I forget what it was. It was some it was some foreshadowing of like. These people don't know. Maybe they just haven't experienced a good dance in their life. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so then he gets a call from the overly cartoonish uh, guy that runs this place. Like, bartender, get over here. And I'm like, what is this, 1985? Are you just a school bully? What are you doing here? And he goes, "Uh, the madam would like to see you or whatever. The boss wants to talk to you. (laughs) A lot of lines like that in here where it's like, wow, I bet that line looks good on a script in 1983. Uh, So he goes in. Speaking of 1983, everybody, what was the number one hit? Hairstyle of 1983, Nick Scarpino. <laughs> uh, Tim Gettys, that would be the newly formed mullet. That wow, is right. Wow, so let's go at... around the table real quick. Who in their lives had a mullet at any point? Raise your hand. I have one currently. Not me. Joey Noel. Joey Noel. Mullet. We need to see the pictures of this. Mary Courtney, please pull I, it up. It's really hard to find like particular pictures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come here. You need to see this shit. So the thing about my hair that has troubled me my entire life is that the top part of my hair is really curly, but the bottom is straight. So we like really struggled with finding some like hairstyle <laughs> things as I was growing up. I don't up. think you struggled also, at all. <laughs> also really into polar fleece vests. This is when I, f- you can see on the bottom left-hand corner where it's like the pink coming through is your picture that was up on my parents' wall. Oh, you mean the picture of John L.A. Sesquire? Oh, sorry. Uh, of the Old Republic? I think this was pre-John L.A. and it was oh, just Nick, but... Joey, that is a straight-up <laughs> old there's... Navy fleece Oh yeah, vest, bro. Uh, polar fleece, really <laughs> yeah. into it. There's a couple I, more that I sent Barrett, too. I did, don't know if did, they're all worth looking at. Was I hallucinating? Because I am pretty tired. As Joey said, it was during my phase where oh, I was yeah. really into polar there's fleece this. vests. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure this is, this is me and my dad. And you can also kind of see it, like, coming through. Joe, it's incredible. I was also now, really gonna... into clogs at this point, so... This is bad. an 80s hairstyle. I'm gonna put that top five 80s mullets. That's up there with Kurt Russell from Tango and Cash. Oh, this is also that. just like a really bad picture. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> but you can like see it coming through. Like, what? A, I don't I'm know. So fucking jealous of you right now. I wish I had that hairline. <laughs> this is what you wanted forever, Nick. <laughs> God, your mouth to. Oh, yeah. I was also really into vests, clearly. <laughs> I love that you so, so much. It's not even the imagery. It's just saying I was really the best, <laughs> so clearly. Funny. You uh, love this one best. you can't tell, but has puppies and kitties on it. <laughs> Good. God, the most Joey thing ever. Super into vests. <laughs> just a great end uh, of this week. Like, yeah. Well, Nick, back to the plot. Back to the plot. Of course, uh, he gets called in and she says, listen, I'd like you to do that Good. thing you do, which I thought was prostitution, but it turns out she's just talking about a good old-fashioned dance. Uh, and he's, she, he's, she's like, but, but he's like, I will, under no circumstances, could you ever get me to dance again? I simply won't do it. I can't do it, Tim. And she I'm goes, never gonna do it was like, for, I'll do it for $60,000. And she goes, how about $6,000? And he's like, how about $600? Like, it's like 50 minutes. <laughs> like, okay, fine. I'll do it for you. Of course, he knows that she's hurting and he want, he has the magic in him. But it, it, it hurt him one too many times, Andy. He can't go back to that spot. Or can he click as he locks the door. Honestly, the locking of the door was my favorite part because it's like <laughs> the fact that they're under these giant 
giant windows. Yeah. It's like, what is the door locking going to yeah, do? Yeah, like, who's going to, everyone can see from outside. <laughs> well, exactly. you, you figure they've got the, because they're rich, they got the cool stuff on the outside where people can't see in, but you can see out, yeah. like, like mm. rich people are supposed to have. But also, like, that creeper butler guy's running around there somewhere, <laughs> right? The dude's like, yeah, bartender, get over down. here. And also, like, what do you care? Women yeah, take rights. Anyway. They hadn't stopped their job. Like, it's, not, it's been like an hour. It's been five I, minutes. They're all still you, outside. I know. There's one guy who's like, man, Mike's just not back yet. Man, it's break. He's fired. <laughs> he go. Hey. I, I, the, the door locking, there was a moment where I, I feel like I made a sexual sound. Like, as it closed, it was all like, oh, shit. Like, oh, no. oh, fuck, they're going there. Yeah. And, like, they just, it ratchets up so, so quickly. Where, like, we've seen two Magic Mike movies now. And we've seen this man dance a lot. And it, it can get pretty sexual. This movie, I do think, correct me if I'm wrong. There was it's penetration. It's the horniest one. It yeah. was. They were, might it's as well have been. Super like, horny. this was choreographed fucking more than yeah. it was choreographed dancing. And I think it's also because in all of the other instances where we've seen, like, dancing to this, like, intensity, there's always been a crowd, but there isn't in this one. So it feels, like, mm-hmm. very voyeuristic, and you're, like, watching something you're not supposed to be watching. Weird. Yeah. But that's uh, – you say weird, but I think that is the whole point of the movie, right? The whole point is that he is supposed Carnal to be able to desires. give this experience to to women who maybe don't have that in their life or are repressed or, for whatever reason, feel they can't have that. And I think that they actually nailed it in this scene. I agree. I think there's a moment where Selma Hayek, who is a great actor, yes. lets go. Uh, that's the movie, uh, no. In this scene – in this scene, I think there was a moment where I was like, oh, she's like giving into this cardinal sort of like horniness. And she's letting, she's like letting him have that power over her she's and like letting herself have that movie. experience. <laughs> and I thought they nailed the scene. And then, of course, obviously it goes to where it needs to go. Um, but, but before we even get into that, he walks around the room and sort of like checks the sturdiness of the shelves, moves things around. And I'm just going to, we're going to talk about the scene in detail because I think it's the best scene in the movie. Well, yeah. second best scene in the movie. Starts with a chair, yeah, right? We've seen done. this here. Been yeah. there, done that, mm-hmm. Chris Anka. Keep right? talking. Uh, we all know it well. All know it well, right? Some of Hayek, of course, fully clothed at this point, right? Wearing some sort of, like, I guess, two-piece jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, you need that, more to take off. Mm-hmm. We need more to take off, right? She's fully covered, all that jazz. She's got six masks on, two helmets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as she gets progressively more, like, as she lets go of all of her anxiety and gets progressively more into the moment, she gets progressively more undressed, not the least of which is she takes off this top part uh, that exposes her a little bit, and then eventually wraps that around Channing Tatum's eyes, blinding him so she has all the power. And it's a beautiful sort of, like, power struggle thing back well, and, and forth that they're enjoying. And then he takes off his shirt and, and like, wraps her around her wrist, and right. then yeah. Like the push There's that the moment that got me into this movie where I was like, holy shit, they are not afraid to go there, is when he put her up on his shoulders and then put her onto the window like he was going down on her. And she's just in ecstasy. And then he somehow he turns her, her around. around. And still pins her to the top of the window like eight Eat feet in the that air. Ass out just against the window. <laughs> I guess he eats ass. I guess that's a thing that people do. I thought days. he was going to powerbomb her. <laughs> that was when I was like, oh, my God, somebody really choreographed the shit out of this. And they were in for it. Also, the majority, like the, the first part of it was all one take, which I thought was really cool because Shane Tim's actually performing. They cut right here because they were like, okay, before you accidentally powerbomb her, let's get a take on this. Let's put a cut here. But then the part that really got me, that was the part where I'm like, you've got, you, you had my attention, now you have my curiosity, was when he uses the goddamn shelf. <laughs> she starts unbuckling his pants. He reaches up, grabs the pull-up bar, and pulls himself out of out his of own his pants. pants. 
And his body is fucking perfect. Unreal. It is unreal for, I, mean, I think he's in his 40s at this. He's probably my age, for Christ's sake. And Jesus Christ, the compare, the difference between the two of us is enough to keep you up at night, Tim. <laughs> but the rest yeah. of this dance just gets hot and horny. There is a part of me, Chris. I know what you're thinking, Nick. Mm-hmm. Did that table look cold and a little uncomfortable for sex? I always think that. It's it's the same when you see people have sex on a staircase. You're like, yeah, that's no, that's bad for your back. Mm. You know, you yeah, can but have you're not noticing all that. You're you're in the moment. No, you're your in the moment. heat has warmed everything up. Super hot. They bang. He's he's he winds up blindfolded. She winds up happy. The whole thing is a great sexy scene. We think maybe this will be the end of their journey together. They wake up in bed and he, she goes, "I would have paid you the if I'd have known what it was going to be like, I would have paid you the sixty thousand dollars like you'd asked originally." And he goes, "I'm not going to take the six. I'm not even going to take the six thousand. Had the credits hit at this point, I would have been surprised, but I would have been okay. I would have been fine <laughs> with it. Yeah, this is it. We're done. Hit it, um, Barrett. Whenever you get a chance, hit it, Barrett." Were they born, born in labs? Now it's time to rent those abs. Welcome back to Rent Those Abs, ladies and gentlemen. This is Carpino, your host. <laughs> he always, he's a different, he's a more quiet character every time he starts <laughs> I like to do it like NPR. It sounds like you lost like control of your tongue. <laughs> I've been talking for like forty eight hours. <laughs> we're gonna just we're just gonna say there's just a myriad of physiques in this body, the male the male physique, and they're all varying degrees of incredible. Channing Tatum looks really really good. Kudos to him for being that he was very like zero percent body fat. His abs look fantastic. But I forty can't. years old canonically. Canonically, is he still with? Zoe Kravitz, is that a thing? Uh, no. How know. old is he really? He's uh, probably, I would say he's like 42. Like, really? Yeah. But I will say, if we're talking about sheer ab definition. Joey nailed it. He's 42. 42. God, he's a year younger than me. No, sheer. he's just a couple months younger than you. April 26, 1980. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, wow. So he's almost 43. There you go. Um, I will say, I think the guy that like started off like the hardcore almost break dance had the best abs in this entire movie that guy was just shredded the guy was moved like really fast and like did this i think it was like a james brown number or something like that um he ends on a handstand yeah, yeah. the guy ends yeah, on a handstand that guy, oh, yeah. that guy unbelievable. was unbelievable and then i think there was the guy that, that he teaches how to do it like the strip dance where the head goes up the whole body that guy had pretty incredible abs as well like the, the, it's hard because we don't know any of their names huh they no don't have names i mean <laughs> i think that's the point joe they're the all just faceless names. bodies for your pleasure <laughs> i think um, this is mostly for channing tatum because i you know we don't have uh the manji man joe manginello who to, currently holds the number one and two spot on i'll Apple put him at number man. three then because joe manginello yeah. was unbelievable like he just had more bulk on him in those yeah. movies oh, and Jack Tatum was just really really skinny in this. I just really want to shout out because I think that I think Joe Manjuman has always been <laughs> uh, always been this sort of ripped like bodybuilder type yeah. character right yeah. and we've seen Channing Tatum kind of you know uh, every once in a while he'll put on some LBs for a different role and he may not look as fit I'm just really impressed at, at this age even though Joe Mangello is probably like older in some of his cases where he looks super ripped, I was just impressed to see Channing Tatum kind of like return to form, where it kind of feels like does this athlete still got it? And he yeah. takes off the shirt and is like, dude, this guy is still ripped as shit. And I feel like a lot of that is maybe the advances of science and like nutrition. You know, yeah, like potentially, yeah. things are better than now than they were eight years ago in terms of how quickly you can likely get that shit done. I thought he was just that body was very impressive, Nick. Chris, uh, any any thoughts on abs? 
Uh, I agree. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would say he's super ripped. He felt healthy in this, which I think was really nice. Like, he doesn't feel like an overly 100%. ripped actor that he got paid to get ripped. It just felt like he, like, he takes care of himself and then just came out of COVID and, like, this is sort of what he's working with. And I, and I thought that was, like, a really nice touch also because of the whole, like, you know, he's retired from dancing. I don't want him to have, like, the super jacked right. body at this point. And so when you have the other guys... There's a bit more of a comparison, but like he still got it. It was in still um, like I, I guess I was just like super impressed by what I expected post COVID forty two year old Channing Tatum to look like. I was just very impressed by that, especially when it was wet in the rain. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, different level, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, they have a cute little moment. They've had the sex, and she's like, "I want you to come to London with me." He's like, "You got a great house." She's like, oh, this is my house. My real house is in London. This is my real house. house. This is a house. Personally, despite the fact that it was in Florida, which has a lot of bad weather, I would have chosen the beach house over the London house. I love the London house. Mm-hmm. A little small, though. A little claustrophobic in that room. No window. I don't like it. Yeah, really weird hotel vibes. Didn't like that. Yeah. Well, that's, a lot, that, that's what a lot of the houses are in London. Like, they have those, like, the, the two, three stacks. But they're very narrow. They're like brownstones in, uh, in New York. But uh, neighborhood charming. Don't get me wrong. And if my wife ever sees this movie, she's going to leave me for one of those things if she can. But uh, she's like, I want you to the come. The house or the strippers? <laughs> little call me, little call me, Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, well, are they taller than me? No, don't worry about that. Anyhow, uh, she goes, you got to come to London with me. I got a surprise for you. I have a vision for you and your life. And he's like, all right, I'll just come to London with you because I got nothing else going. He's like, I got a job. I got stuff I got to do. She's like, no, you fucking don't. Come on, bro. I'm Selma Hayek. He's like, you're right. They got on the PJ, have a nice little moment there where he's like very uncomfortable. And Channing Tatum, to, to his credit here, playing it all very like, I get it. I get where I'm at. This can end any time. It's not a big deal. Uh, they got some back and forth there with the champagne and all that stuff. Some quippy little lines there. And then they landed. The, I started getting the 21 Jump Street vibe. A little bit. Just a little bit. Isn't it? I enjoyed that, though. I enjoy I, a more fun, Mike. It's, it, it's not that I didn't enjoy that. It's that when a movie tonally like, switches that, like almost tone, almost switches genre per scene, it's disjointed. It becomes... It becomes hard to tell, like, what is the general vibe? Is this going to be? And to, to Joey's earlier point, like, the the triple XL, or double XL, double XL, was like, the vibe was the same from start to finish. No, it wasn't. It's crazy silly. Was it not? No, I watched it. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. It was like the most disjointed movie we've ever reviewed. Where the silly fun parts were great, but then there was a lot of really serious weird shit. I just remember Jada like, Pinkett Smith being in there some places, like the madam of a of like this weird Donald secret Glover strip club at Donald Glover. Dude, like, I, and like, I, I, while we were watching this movie, I was like, I don't remember a single fucking shred of part one or two except I for him Pony. Doing drugs during a hurricane with Matt Bomber. Oh my god! Remember that? that? Well, and then what's his name ends up in the hospital. Like, oh, the young kid! I forgot the the first one was about the young kid. It wasn't mm-hmm. even about him, right? Yeah. It was about the other guy. Who was no, like, but the guy who they stole, and the second one ends up in the hospital, and then they have to like Gabriel Iglesias. Thank you. Oh my god, Gabriel Iglesias was in this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know what? Disregard everything I just said about the tone. Anyway, they the tone of this movie is weird as shit from time to time. And Channing Tatum is sort of in the character, not in the character. He's kind of forlorn, but then also sort of like charming. And it's it is what it is. The movie is just where it is. They take him shopping. They go, I think, to Harrods, uh, which is a, a very very awesome place in in London. Uh, for half the budget went for the film, probably. And man, when they dress him up in that trench, though, that black trench coat with the black hoodie in it, I was like, God damn, he dude. Looks honestly, good. there was a couple moments in this movie. The drip like, in this was great. Shout out to the abs for sure. But I really appreciate them kind of like the the scene later where they like eh, ditch the the tie and then it cuts and you see him again. Another moment that I kind of went like. Oh, 
Like, whoa, damn. Channing it's like Tatum. the swag of it. It's yes. like not even like the look. It's the confidence well, and everything. Nailed it. And it's one of those things where like, obviously, I don't know what his regiment was for this. I don't know what his goal body-wise was for it. But he looks very lean, which always just makes you look so much better in stuff. Like when you're bowed out like Chris Hemsworth. And again, it's no disrespect to my guy, Chris Hemsworth. But when you're that fucking big, you're just always going to big. Dude. Shit. You better not. Yeah. I'm tell <laughs> Giddy up. Um, but he just looks so good in this. And obviously, I, I go back and forth on the shaved head, honestly. I'm like, grow your head a little bit. But I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe he's got like a balding thing going on. He just likes to be shaved. But, uh, you know, he keeps it like, he's always kept it really short for the last few films, which I was like, eh, whatever. I'm going to say that the 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 tieless look is going to come back in. Because like, of this movie? It's going to be huge. Not, yeah. that, not that it like, but it's going to become a thing, I think, because of this movie. Because of all 14 people that are going to watch it. Hey, man, we're going we're gonna to start the revolution. I also want to shout out the fact that my man looks really good in the crew neck sweatshirt. Real good. In those, like, dialed in, like, John Elliott crew neck sweatshirts. Looks fantastic. Um, anyway, she takes me to the the, the, the house, which we we, we said we're going to skip around here a little bit. And then we go over to the theater where they're playing later Lady Chatterley's Lover or whatever that whatever the play is. <laughs> Do you remember what was the name of it? Oh, Something, something about Isabella, Isabella. Sarah Marshall, or something. and this is, <laughs> and this play is just exactly what you think, man. It's stuffy. It's British. It's 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 Jane Eyre. It's everything that about unrequited love. It's about a woman who has to choose between love and be- and between wealth. And it's just everything that's uh, period indicative. Piece, period piece. It's everything indicative of what Selma Hayek does not want to have happen in her own life because she is currently going through a divorce to a very wealthy man. Uh, and she goes, everyone, you're fired, but you're not really fired because if I fired you all, uh, we have to pay union fees and all this stuff. So you're just, we're just changing the play for a little bit. Dude, I'm telling you, Selma Hayek is the villain of this movie. And she also is a bad person. And we see it throughout the entire film where she starts going through, first off, firing this director. This, what did he do? It was me. Like, he was there's, a dick. There's an but energy to it, though. That's just like, yo, dude, like, what is your plan? And her plan is, you know what? Fuck all the work you put into this shit. We're going to try something. I mean, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and the thing they're going to try is like going to get them in for, so much trouble. For all personal reasons. Yeah. That's the problem. Then, yeah. And it's like, then they have the whole story with her kid that she seems to not be that great of a mom to. And then the kid's just like, yo, she does. She has phases. And it's like, Selma Hayek, you are way too rich and mature. Unstable. To be fucking this unstable. Yeah. Like, yeah. She comes so out. She comes out. Clearly, it's not just from the divorce if this is like a repeated exactly. pattern of behavior. Yes. Um, I, I do, I, I, I would argue that because of the relationship with the husband that she has been trying to break out of for a very long time, the acting out, the lashing out, all of those things are kind of indicative of that. But yes, her handling of the guy who's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. Cause he has like one little moment where he's like, who the fuck is talking in my theater? I'm trying to run rehearsals. And then she like snap, like claps back at him. He's like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And then she just unceremoniously like fucking fires him and embarrasses him in front of his entire cast. Even though the fact that he's like, we're sold out. For like the next four weeks, like we've been selling out every night. This is a success. And she's basically just doing it to get back at her husband. Uh, it's kind of shit. Uh, and here's another thing. I did go to the bathroom at one point and I, I missed a scene with him. So I could be wrong about this, but didn't seem that bad. Well, we, we, we don't like him because he cheated on her with the secretary. Yes. Okay. So that and was that, that was the I did whole not thing. get that. I missed that. And we so, get, okay, that, 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 that was the thing. And then I think we get that that was something that he does a lot. I think I think he had been sort but, of like. Okay. But honestly. The whole secretary line feels like they added it in because they didn't have enough of a reason to, like, make, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, to make her this scorn, like ex, not ex-wife because they're still married, but she wants to be divorced, but the fucking, she won't get half of his fortune or whatever. Like, it felt like a, oh, by the way, also he cheated on me because like, that's, you know, and th- it felt like they had watched the movie already and were like, you know. 
Not really good enough of a reason to be doing any of this. <laughs> just a random wild line off screen. It's yeah. like, what happened to me? I will say, Andy, that is one of, one of the things that I that that made me sort of a little bit more dour on the movie, which is that the Selma Hayek character is not she's kind of all over the place energy wise. I like where we find her, where she starts, where she's like, I'm kind of broken and I need something to inspire me to move beyond this part. But then there's just moments of like sheer kind of just like I don't want to say psychosis, but like manicness yeah. where she's yelling at her staff and doing this and flexing for people and really sort of being like a real housewife where you're like, this makes me not like your character. And I don't believe that Mike would really choose to be a part of this because he's been around these women his whole life. Women who are just kind of using him for, for his body and this thing. And like, I don't, I would have liked it if she was more reserved and trying to break out on her own and do and trying to express herself through this play. But the fact that she just walks in and shit cans all these unsuspecting actors it's, it, it, it makes you not like her as much as, as it could have. Having said that, there is one actor, of course, who we do uh, see in this and who's going to come up later, who is playing the lead character, Isabel, which makes a lot of sense uh, for her to be in it, but she's going to be in it a little bit later. Uh, Chris, do you know, is she in the... No, no, no. So no one... No, she's not from the... the... I mean, unless she's new. I mean, they probably turned through. So basically, the, how the live show works is that, like... Mike is the new stripper at this strip club, and the men are going to show him how to do it. The, the chauvinistic MC is going to be like, this is how you please women. You pull someone out, out of the audience, and they're going to blast her in the face with a hose because there's a firefighter, and she stops the show. She's like, no, fuck this. This is not how you do it. And so the rest of the whole thing is her teaching Mike what actually women want. Um, and so she basically rewrites the whole thing. So it's kind of like what they do with this play. And so she, the Spoilers, MC kind man. of like remixing everything is sort of the same kind of vibe. Gotcha. But it's, I don't think it's the same woman, no. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing her credits listed um, on IMDb, of course. I would really been. liked her, and it was a surprise really? because her first couple scenes, kind of like, shaky. Oh, I don't know yeah. about this. And then it was like, oh, fuck, you're actually really rad. And yeah. I, I was wrong. Uh, yeah, we'll skip to the scene where she comes back. Well, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, of course, we have to meet uh, her child first, who is very, very smart uh, and does not particularly enjoy being put in this position where... She needs to interact with her mom's maybe new lover, but the person she's being lied to and told that his is the uh, the new choreographer and the new director rather of this new the new version of this play. Um, they have a weird scene in a mall where they speak French to each other, and he's like, "You guys are being very rude." And I'm like, "Ah, get it? You're in for he's more of this." French when he says that later. Yeah, uh, that? we meet the uh, we meet the the butler who is needlessly mean to him, and then kind of cool at the end. And you're like, "I, I get again." I like what this movie was trying to be. I like it the just butler. didn't get there. I like the butler. I, I like I I like the butler and I want him to be in more things because I enjoyed his presence. I enjoyed the sour kind of dickish attitude. I, I whenever he's on screen and even I, I when he walks out of the kitchen and chanting, I was like, What the fuck's wrong with him? Like, why is he such an asshole? You know, and so, we get that great line from the daughter, you know. I think he and Channing Tatum had good chemistry. And I think the scene that stands out to me, we'll just kind of skip ahead of it. They go out to dinner, and they argue a little bit. And he's like, oh, well, they won't. They, we're not sure if we're going to have sex anymore, which I'm like, this is awkward and weird. It's fucking Now you're weird. actually working together, and now it's kind of awkward that really she weird. is, in fact, paying you. And you are, in fact, like in this relationship. And I wish, at this point, the movie had broke and pushed them in more of a, a friendly relationship. Of like, hey, you actually don't need me for your happiness. I'm just a person that's going to fulfill this like this vision for you. Your vision 
and when we get to it, I wish the ending was just like, hey, I did this thing for myself this one time. And it didn't, my happiness was not, did not in any way, shape, or form involve <laughs> this guy that's younger than me and like dance. It's, like it's Mandalorian and then Channing Tatum goes off to his next little thing in episode four. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to go for I mean, his I next mission. I would have loved it because I'm just so tired of movies that force that sort of romance in. Where the chemistry is not. And it's it's so, I mean, I'm I'm older than you guys, but I've been watching the same fucking storyline for like 43 years where it's like, will they, won't they? The guy's got to get the girl. I'm like, why, don't, why can't it just be about like mounting this cool thing that nobody wants you to do? You watched Bill and Ted for, for 40 years, let's be honest. First off, it's Biodome. Biodome has a lot of layers. <laughs> well, um, two things. I mean, the whole, like, well, like she, she, it's her rule that they won't hook up. And then she goes yeah. against her own rule. Which feels like feels like you kind of feel like you're taking advantage of him at this point. Yeah. Um, it's... But then, but then he has that line where he's he's talking to the daughter, and she's like, "Why are you here?" And he goes, "I've never had someone believe in me like she does." And like, and I think that's enough. That's enough motivation for him to be in this in this in the thing of like, I think to your point, Nick, of like, she has a vision, and he's like, she actually gives a shit about me more than just like what I can do physically, and like that's I think would have been really nice. Feel like that's the payoff. I'm like, oh, I can do this whole thing. I can actually run shows. And, you know, kind of like Neighbors 2, the plot of Neighbors 2. Fair, um, very fair. I love that, that we're talking about the plot of this movie this deeply. Like, there is at least, there's enough for us no, to have a conversation there really about. is. There really is. And, and, and I think they really tried to do something deeper. Than I, I agree. And, uh, with what Chris is saying, I, one of my problems I have with that as a, a concept when it comes to, 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 to Mike's, the titular character of this film, Magic Mike, uh, his character development is like, sure, okay, is he in it for the money? Is he not in it for the money? Like, that wasn't ever really a question, nor does it need to be. That I feel like is the tropey version of it. But we know he has nothing. We see him in the beginning of this movie. He doesn't have his furniture place. He has no time anymore. He doesn't even have anymore. his vest. The guy's got to give him his vest. Legitimately, it's like he has nothing. So it just kind of feels like... There's there's nothing he's giving up. There's no risk. There's no anything. So for him to by the end like side with her and make the joke about the the, the money, it's like I don't know, man. Like he believed in her and like he he was there for her because she saw something in him. But it's like he also had no real other option. Right. So That's, I, well, mean, I think he, he has. I think he has a line at the beginning a little bit. I, I could also just be like adding it to myself. But like where he's like everything he does kind of turns to shit. And I think also think like thinking of the last two movies. Every venture he does, because he—it's two movies now where his furniture thing has failed. That is, you true. know, like that, that is that's true. how number two starts. Number two starts the fact that he can't get this thing going. It's hard to do he that. He has man. to go back to stripping. I mean, the real and villain so, is his lack of talent. <laughs> <laughs> Making and furniture. Maybe no one wants to like the gear attached to the driftwood like chair. Like I don't know, man. Like, like look, um, Channing, I'm not trying to you know pigeonhole you. I'm not trying to like just put you in one realm. But you are—you're just a dancer, bro. Like there's nothing else you can do. It's. <laughs> it, I mean, I get. I you know. I, I understand. I, I get what they're going for. But like, but this is. But it's also one she didn't really tell him what the hell's going on, which is weird. If she'd have been like, hey, you're an incredible dancer, and I, w- I want you to help me, like, choreograph this play in London, and I'll pay you $60,000 a month. Or, like, you know, I'd be like, I'm fucking bartending right now. I don't know if I have a gig tomorrow. Like, I'm a gig worker. Yeah, I'll take the job. Anyway. She kind of kidnaps him. Yeah. A little bit, but on a private jet. So, it's you know. also weird that, like, oh, yeah, like, she believed in me. But, like, what did she believe in you for? Because, like. Your passion was woodworking. I don't ever really get the vibe that your passion was to like choreo- choreograph this dance show. I think thing. she believes that he could make her feel a certain way, and that if he could make her feel that way, he could make all the women in the audience like he could do something that would make them all feel that good. But and you already know that he can do that. Well. Isn't that yeah. one and two? 
he does. Specifically, yes. so you're not wrong. Because two is like That's the entire crew finding that inside yeah. themselves. Stripping is a superpower. Yeah. You can make women feel good. Yeah. Like, that's all it two. is. You're, you're all you're all very right. We keep Moving. circling back to the same plot. <laughs> and not to mention that she doesn't now. tell him what he's doing until they get to the theater. So like, there's all those days he was like, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. But he looks good. Uh, sure. So of course they start. She's like, we're gonna we're gonna tear this sucker down. And we are going to rebuild this one night only uh, with your interpretation of what this is because it's ridiculous that this woman – these are her only two choices, like that that she has to either be poor or marry for money. That is stupid. So we are going to tell all of polite society to go F themselves, and we're going to pull the fa- pull the wool, you know, pull a fast one on them, and they're going to sit here and think it's, it's real play, and eventually it's going to be a dance review with all male strippers. Did they strip a lot? No. Did anyone actually take their pants off in this movie? Not one time. So I will say, was this a strip show or did they just take their shirts off a lot? We can define that later. Uh, of course, they start casting things, and this is when we get into the funny. There's an aggression to the top. He takes his pants off in the rain one. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, because we, we see his little cool WWE knee pads. Uh, knee pads. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Stone yeah. Cold. Yeah. He does look like Stone Cold. I was thinking that same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we, so we start the fun and game section. She's like, I found this cool Russian or this uh, Italian uh, got, dude who's cool. He's like, I can't go to Rome. She goes, a Roma. And he goes, right, okay, whatever. I can't go with her. <laughs> right? Cool, goes, yeah. Don't worry. I've got millions of dollars or whatever, and we've got Rebecca or whoever it is. And so we start the fun. And, and this is where this movie really starts getting fun is that we start seeing all these incredible things. Bringing the crew together. And, they're, yeah. and, and, they're, <laughs> and on, they are. And it's great. They're putting yeah, the crew together. They have an Ocean's Eleven moment later where they're staking out the, what's her name, Edna or something. Yeah. 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 We need a hacker. <laughs> um, and it's fun, right? And you can tell they just were like, let's shoot a lot of footage here. Channing Tatum and, and Tom Hike laugh a lot in this. This must, this must These scenes must have been a blast. It seems super like unscripted and just yeah, like everyone's just having fun. Dance, have some they, fun. Multiple times in this movie, and especially in the scene, the camera had a lot of fun of like, let's just get in some weird angles. And they did a lot of things where like the dancers would be like contortionists almost like doing things. And then the camera would be one guy would be turned. And then Crazy. Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum would have their heads turned the other way. And it just created a lot of really interesting framing. And I was like, you know what? Have fun, y'all. Have some Good fun. shit. Let's have some fun. We, yeah, there was a, for, uh, we know a lot of people who listen to this podcast that don't even watch the movies. They just like hearing us talk. That's pretty Weirdos. cool. <laughs> and, and I'm going to put this image into your head. Um, think, think of the exorcist when her head's spinning around, except it's a dude sitting down with his, kind of his legs out, but his torso is spun around so far, basically in a 180 to where his arms are grabbing the tips of his feet. It's wild. While he, but backwards. It's wild. It makes no sense. Watching it was like, uh, when somebody shows you an image that doesn't make sense, <laughs> like or it's like, like nothing. M- like it's like an MC Escher. Yeah, uh, it, it looked like you know when you you take a, a panoramic photo on your your phone and you like fuck it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, Super very cool. very shocking. Yeah. Um, but then of course, hey, everything's going great. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going great because old Rupert or whatever the husband's name <laughs> is uh, gets a call from his mommy, his mummy, who's like, "What you doing to our theater? Ah, this will not stand. I got to get. We got to have some complications here because we can't just. They got to overcome some challenges. Uh, so he calls that the. I guess there's a society of British people who go around shutting down plays if you don't do shit right. Uh, and this Dude, old stuffy guy comes in, comically funny. Yes. Like, well, no. th- this is the most like. It, I, it just felt like they threw in a random group of villains to be like, 
what are you doing here? And they like cast the most sinister looking dude to play him. He looks like straight out of a Pixar movie. It, it no was, dancing like, in this town. This part was <laughs> fucking hysterical, dude. And that's my, my biggest problem with the movie is that I wish that they leaned into it in the way that Cobra Kai does. Cobra Kai does, where karate is all, a, karate runs this fucking town. I wish they leaned in it a bit more. When we get that line where Sama Hayek's like, I was totally, this is, I was living my life, blah, blah, blah. And then the way he danced just changed the outcome of my life. Like, that's such a silly fucking thing to say. And it's hilarious and it's good. And I yes. wish that they le- leaned into like the power of power sexually, dance. Dan- <laughs> sexually getting danced on can change you at who you are, like at a fucking biological level <laughs> you know it goes into your blood cells like yeah chris, chris you were gonna say something well, so to go off that I, if i remember correctly the phone call that the husband has with his mother he's like i don't give a shit yeah i have I too care. much on my plate you handle this yeah he said so i can't I thought get involved the mother was gonna be a character in yeah, this movie she was not where she's like all this stuff is like eternal i'm not doing any of it i don't care what you're doing with, with the radigan um i thought the the mother was gonna be a character and then they had to like woo the mother I'm like, look, no, like we can unlock you as well. Yeah. Power <laughs> <laughs> and like, Helen okay. Mirren was made for this role, oh and it's amazing. Right. I got it. We're like, no, the mother's not part of this at all. And just we got to somehow... do your loyalty quest, Chris. <laughs> oh my god, Chris, you're so right. Because instead of that character, we get Edna, who is this person that holds all the power, and they're like, we got to figure out what, how to get to her. Adorable little lady. Adorable little lady. I, I love adorable great. little old ladies. Whenever you see like little old lady, you're like, man, you're just you're cute as a button. When she's on stage and she's like smiling, like all like, ooh, like <laughs> she's so cute. It's adorable. Adorable. She gets a great little character arc here where she's stuck in a rut. She's kind of living this lonely, sad. Life. We get a full character arc. A full we really yeah. Yeah. And they go, what do we do to unlock her? Well, we we got to use our short right here. We got to use the power of dance, and we have to use the power of dance on a train and we, and we have to make sure she's in the back of the train and can't get out of the train <laughs> because this scene at first how did you clear the bus like how did you make sure no one else was on here? i expected the camera to swing around and chan tatum is the driver i expected uh. some silly <laughs> shit like that you know i the I'm hat's a, like skewed on him yeah like barely has the outfit on my favorite part of this is before they get on the bus though where you're just like following her as you're getting like all of the like narrated like this is what she's about and you just see all the strippers like pop up in like all of her different routes yeah. and stuff the, like they, it is some like, like heist movie her life yeah yeah they it's have like, like they are straight, they are Steven straight up like doing espionage <laughs> <laughs> like it's some guys looking into her bank records like, yeah. uh, what's she about what's at one point, I thought to myself, I was like, are they about to John Wick this? Where somehow Channing Tatum has tapped into the underbelly of underground strippers. Oh, my god! And, like, that's the new clan. I don't They're know. everywhere. But it was funny. I liked this part, of course, obviously. It's very charming. But obvi- but then, the you know, the fact that it's Steven Soderbergh and he does this freaking scene like, pretty much every other movie uh, with all of his heist movies, Ocean's Eleven and whatnot. I thought it was fun. The scene was creeped me out a little bit because, for whatever reason, it reminded me of uh, the 1989 Batman where everyone's a mime. On, on the steps where, mm. where when Harvey Dent's given the uh the, the, or the when the commissioner's given the te- press conference. But uh it ended up being cute and they they pop a little bit and they do all these things and then the, the bird guy at the end is playing Swan. Oh, we should also note that she shut down um Swan Lake that was happening, right? No, I think she just really liked Swan Lake and that's why they no, 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 she shuts it down because the ballerina's out of a job. The oh. the organization shuts down the play because they're changing stuff to the theater that they're not allowed to do and they right. get it approved. And so like we need to go to someone who can appeal that. It's Edna. Edna like has this oversight. And it, it, we intro with her with like she goes to Swan Lake and goes, "You did something wrong. You're shut down." Right, she shuts them and down. And so like that's the that's the stakes that she has that instant kill power. Right, she's got. And she's now got they're the like, power. we have to woo her. 
<laughs> so they the will stripping. And what they do, and they get the accepted. She she stamps on in there, and I love you know, a little bit of visual storytelling here. Uh, her office is very cold, and and the color correction on the uh, you know on the video or on the film it makes it look very drab. And then in this one, we've got some nice color coming through the she like her, her like blinds really are open, and that. there's some sunshine coming through, and the the scene is a lot more warm. I just thought that was kind of fun. I, and I, I was like, thought oh, we're, I thought we're gonna get more tension with Roma, dude, Italian man. I thought he was going to come in and be like... And, I thought he was going to be the villain. I, that's what I thought, too. She was going to trade up, and like mm. they were going to have a thing, and then he was going to go, oh, I'm in love with the, the other girl. Yeah, because uh, I thought like we see Salma Hayek getting kind of like super into him dancing, and she's like really excited about this, and we see like they purposely show Channing Tatum looking kind of uncomfortable and not stoked about the situation, as if like, right. hey, keep an eye on this relationship. This may like, go sour later on or whatever, and... Never it was a to. lot of setup for a foreshadowing event that never happened. It never happened, yeah. <laughs> because she goes, what do you think? And he goes, I mean, yeah, I guess we can put it in. Which is like, oh, he's being forced to do these things. They're going to come to a head. She's, he's going to catch him making out. And then he's going to realize, I've got the magic in me the entire time. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't yeah. matter. That does not happen. I think, I think it's to make him realize that he fell in love with her in three weeks. Uh, just so unbelievable. Just unbelievable. But it's like This whole movie is like two weeks long. <laughs> like, in that time, bro. Uh, I should note that the uh, the lead from Isabel, the original play, comes back and gives a stunning uh, little little monologue as to why she thinks she should be in there. And Channing Tatum rightfully is like, you know, if this play is about female empowerment, we should probably have a female in it, right? And somehow I can't disagree with that, uh, which is awesome because then it anchors the whole play or the whole the whole thing that they're doing around. The, the gimmick of it being a, uh, we're going to start it off like it was before, very period and all that stuff, and then we're going to break out of it, and she's going to be the narrator, sort of the MC of this this whole thing, which is super, super cool. And that's when I started thinking, wow, this would make a really good musical. And then, or like a really, yeah, a really good stage play. And then Chris was like, it was a stage play, Nick. And I was like, touche, Chris, touche. <laughs> the only thing that's different from this and the play is you know, everyone in the audience doesn't have a bucket of alcohol. Because like when you order a drink at the Magic Live, it's literally this big. Perfect. Awesome. That's where it should and be. And you just and, and you all just like have this big plastic cup and you're just drinking down in this fucking bag. Strip club. reviews and comedy shows should all have those buckets of alcohol. <laughs> it makes everything way better. Uh, so we can, she, I, I don't know how they overcome this next part, but but poor Edna's like, I'm sorry guys, you guys built the stage too big. I can't do anything. And they're like, we'll just build the stage smaller. She's like, no, it's too late. It's too late. And then they just decide, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. They just decide to do it one night. But I thought, they, I thought they were always going to do it one night. I thought they were trying no, to no, no. release the, it. The decision was it was supposed to come out in two weeks. And they're like, uh, Edna comes down, it's a Friday. And they goes, we have until Monday when they'll actually show up and shut us down. Got it. So okay. we have to move up the timeline by two weeks and do it in two days. So we're doing it in two days. Got it. So they print a yeah. bunch of the of Tim's fun money cannon uh, money stuff. Uh, they, the daughter's on board now, too. The daughter loves Shane Tanner. By the way, I forgot to mention... Channing Tatum and the daughter have one scene, and they have more chemistry in that scene than, than Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum do the rest of the fucking movie. Um, the butler's on board now. He, he likes them all. Uh, I, I will say, we're talking a lot about the chemistry between uh, Channing Tatum and she who will not be named. But... We're talking a lot more about this movie than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I, do, I, I, I don't disagree that they don't have like romantic chemistry. But I do think that they have intense sexual chemistry, and that is well, kind of the, the only important thing. They do. For this. You're not wrong. And unfortunately, that was, and, that, and the first scene, you can see that, yeah. right? It's just by the end, for a romantic movie and romantic comedy, you have to believe that these people like, like love each other. But see, that's the thing is I don't. I, I, and I, we've seen this now two movies in a row. I don't think this is a romantic comedy. I think that this is a. A, a power of sexuality and dance. And in that sense, I fucking buy it. I believe it. I believe that she 
She was changed that night. I did. I mean, I was changed last night. I did enjoy when she came back into the room after the that little spat that they had, and mm-hmm. he hugs her, and he's like, "You're fucking crazy," you know that. She's like, "I know, I know." Like, I thought I did find that that moment to be kind of endearing and sweet. Um, and there is the part where she goes when he doesn't come home because he's working on the show, and he she takes the comforter in his jacket and like misses him. Yeah, I get it. I just feel like. But I guess, I guess maybe I'm just jaded or maybe I just didn't buy it. But I just to me, I'm like, this just looks like a bad relationship that started off like kind of weird. Oh, it's bad. And I Toxic don't. Is all it's, that's what I was going to say. It just, it just smacks as a kind of relationship that's <laughs> not, not yeah. going to last very long, which is disappointing to me because I kind of I like the Magic Mike character. We've been with him but for three movies. I mean, Tim has a better relationship with Selma Hayek at this point. That's true. Well, I mean, and they hate each other. They hate each other. You want some <laughs> level of a happy ending for your characters. And I was hoping that they could have figured out something else for Selma Hayek to do than just be completely broke with a, an out-of-work Magic Mike at the end of the movie. But whatever. The movie ends. It doesn't matter. The fun of it is about to begin. They go, we got to do this fucking thing. We're going to start it off. There was mention of a unicorn at first. Or like, I wish a unicorn could just come in here. And she's like, where am I going to get a unicorn? We don't have the budget for a unicorn, which is hilarious. Uh, and then, of course, we start the show off, and it's it's it is what it is. And then she breaks character and goes I, unicorn, 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 or whatever. And Mike comes over, and he's like, "Oh, hello!" And he does that fun little Channing Tatum voice that he does. And we kick off the festivities. Uh, not, of course, before uh, a golden Mike comes down from the ceiling, and she takes it out and says, "Let's see if there's a, a little bit more magic left in this Mike." And I got chills last night. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, chills right now when you I said it. Like, what are about fuck? the fuck? I think that's when Tim popped and the rest of the theater was silent. Silent. Like, okay. Oh, I didn't even hear you. I think I was just into that moment. Oh, dude, I didn't hear was, you pop. It was transcendent. They, that was really the moment where they were just like, strap in. Because yeah. I don't know how we're much going. is left in this movie, but the rest of it is just going to be dance. We, I did miss a part where they had argued in the rain and then he figures out what he needs, which is apparently a plumber and a ballerina. He's like, get me a plumber and a ballerina. <laughs> Uh, which is weird as fuck, but anyway, he's wearing this white shirt, which is which is very good looking on him. Well, think about it. She, he choreographed this whole thing with a ballerina in a day. I mean, it's not Nutty. it's not and, beyond. It was it was almost as visually stunning as Avatar. It was. I mean, that's the way of water. This is the way of water. Yeah. <laughs> it is the way of water. The more the more unbelievable break. thing was the fact that this wasn't the final number. And the stage was absolutely drenched and had a little bumper on it. And they didn't take an intermission. They just changed it. It was was before this. Oh, was it really? Yeah. A big broom. Yeah. It's an intermission. And then he started Throwing all in the women. Get them all wet. We gotta clear the stage off. Of course, the daughter comes. This, I mean, everyone's there. Edna's there. Everyone's having a great time. They do all the numbers that you've seen, all the numbers that you expect, including Pony. But the number that stands out unbelievably is between Chain Tatum and I believe the the ballerina dancer's name is Kylie Shea. That's her real name. Uh, she's phenomenal, oh and I've never seen a dance like this on screen before. They, I mean, I was up. so scared for them when they when we see the possibility of the sliding. When he throws it the first time, and she slides. Can we break this down a little bit, Andy? Can, sure. can you please explain? Because people, I, I doubt anyone's going to watch this movie, but yeah. I want you to to paint a visual picture for them okay okay a mental image. yeah so so this is the the dance number that Channing Tatum is gonna do because Salma Hayek is like you don't it, we can't put this show on you don't even have a you don't even have a fucking final act like what, what are we gonna do here and then as he's walking out after the spat he's like it starts raining and he's like oh I got an idea right well also so, Channing's been refusing to dance he's like I'm yeah. not dancing in this yeah and she really wants him to dance and he's like you know what it's time to time to get the fucking dust my cleats off you mm-hmm. know and then just so everybody else also understands Selma Hayek's character is known as the queen of the first act 
Yes. She doesn't. She doesn't know how to seal the deal. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah, in three. She's always like doing like the first act of a new idea. Maybe she gets into crocheting or badminton or whatever, mm-hmm. and she never really like fully sees. I love how they like, ran out of examples because they're like, this is a weird thing. Like in any any way, shape, or form. So they're like, yeah, now it's this whole like dance thing at the theater. But you know, before it might have been crochet. She also got a new best friend before. Like they throw that in as <laughs> trying something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So essentially, they recre- he recreates the entrance of the radigan theater and the lights pop up and it's rain and it's like misty in the fucking theater really really cool visually it's like the tom holland lip sync battle set essentially Mm -hmm. yeah rain coming down the whole stage is getting wet and then here comes like the ballerina dancer version of salma hayek's character um from the black swan thing that got canceled and we are just sort of greeted with one of the most visually stunning things I've seen ever on a screen. Yeah. This dance number is amazing. And then Channing Tatum out of nowhere slides on his feet. At no, he, le- throw, he throws her first. He tosses her and she's like he kind slides. of like on the floor and she slides a good 40 yards. He's like, like the part usher on the Heelys in that yes. music yeah. video, but they're not <laughs> wearing Heelys. No. And it starts off, he's just on his feet, but then they're sliding. <laughs> so fucking far across the stage and then he's sliding in his feet and when i'm seeing the slip and slide nature of this stage i'm just scared for anything else they're about to do because if you're like me and you've ever worn like new shoes at a restaurant where they clean the floor with a certain fucking finish or i don't know and you walk in and you're like oh jesus christ like the floor is slippery (laughs) i couldn't imagine what they had to go through uh for this number but the movement that happens here it is it is visual poetry dude it's really really impressive shit yeah, I think you touched on it, but obviously it's the, the dance is an interpretation of all of the emotional beats that he has had with her yep. over the entire movie, including marrying a lot of the dancing that he did in the beginning with the, the original strip dance, uh, striptease that he did for her. Uh, and if it's, you didn't understand that, they will show it to you by showing every single flashback box. I love I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. <laughs> baby. I love hard cuts. Before it has to happen again. Uh, yeah. You have to see it. I love. I love hard cuts and furious without audio. Now. Yeah, this is the best. The yeah. strange thing is, I don't remember a scene where they were at the All Valley Tournament. But <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and then it ends, and you're like, "Wow, that was an incredible end of the show." But they had mentioned Pony and, and Young Nick Scarpino was like, "This is going to get absolutely fucking zero stars out of five stars if they do not have a goddamn Pony number because they shorted us the Pony number in the second one, Tim." Mm-hmm. He stops it. And I like it. Anyway, they do it. Don't well, pay it. No, they shorted us? Yeah. The, no, they didn't. When he's doing the hard work. He, he, oh, wait. Yeah. No, that was the best thing ever. Yeah. But it stopped. Like, they, he didn't hold the hands. It was just like half of it. And then someone interrupts him if memory serves correctly. Well, I mean, I, maybe I you didn't get to the third verse. Yeah. But like. <laughs> I still think we got a Sorry, 10 we, out of 10. Are we closer to this than I will say I am glad that we got a decent amount of this final presentation montaged. But I didn't love that. In the style it was montage. I thought the I music agree. voice was super weak. It was some kind of like pop rock thing going on. And it just wasn't horny enough. It like, wasn't horny. It was, it was I, like, here's a montage. Like We're going to show you the opening act of what this stage play looks. And then we're going to essentially fast forward to what the big kind of dance is. But the montage is just weak as shit. I think if they would have kept crowd noise in it, it would have been cool. Yeah, but it was point. just a musical. It was just like and really also, odd. We had seen we had seen them choreographing that cool setup where he's like, you know, they had like space each other on the on the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I was looking forward to seeing what that number was. I thought it was going to open it up, and that was just in the montage. Which yeah. Was weird. And my other gripe is that listen, I I understand that I have, we'll just say an overly 
excited relationship with the song Pony and the artist Genuine. But I was like, this series is known for this. This needed to be a slightly better moment for me. I needed to be on the stage and have them be like, oh, wait, there's one more thing. And then have it be like the unicorns now turned into the pony and have my dance pony. And instead I bring up like, Thelma Hayek. I leaned right. over to Nick and was like, Nick, the unicorn is going to become a pony. And he was like, holy fuck. I just couldn't I mean, wait. like legit. I, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to handle that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they won. They beat it. They're allowed to dance in their small town the or whatever. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> they did it. I don't know what the goal was. Everyone it seems like a content. Yeah. Everyone seems like that a good time. Sucks. Like, it yeah. sucks. The ending it's is so terrible. shitty, man. Like it, again, I earlier I was talking about Dark of the Moon Transformers. Like, there's this huge fu- fucking epic war. Like one of the dopest fight scenes we've had in Transformers, and that's one of the only things you could say is dope about that franchise. You see Optimus Prime at the end of the fucking movie holding like dead parts of, of, of like a, some of his friends in Megatron, and then just the credits hit. It's like, yo, what the fuck? Like you just killed motherfucker. He's like, freedom's the right of all sentient beings the fucking what i've done you're like what the fuck (laughs) is this shit i I think because that stunning number that they did in the rain was not like it wasn't hype in the way that we were expecting yeah it was was super it was beautiful it was emotional it was sensual but it didn't like it wasn't loud you know like it, it was just like something really nice to look at and then we're expecting pony to kind of bring that energy and then Pony is basically happening. The final number is happening on stage. Right. While he's walking out looking for Selma Hayek. And I it's over. It. I the way it. this is shot. Selma Hayek's just like. Really bad. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, yeah. And then they see each Not other good. and she's like, hey, by the way, I, like, I lost all the money. I'm broke. And he's like, like, broke, broke. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, all right, peace. And then he comes back and he's like, just kidding. And then they But he comes back a little too late. It was he like comes back and I was like, a and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Too late. Which is weird because, I mean, I don't know. And then that whole thing was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Like, wh- that's such a sour ending for me that that had to be the. And also, why? Because she's like, I did it. I, I thought. They're it was not going gonna, to be. Like, she's way too crazy to fucking be with. Like, <laughs> well, but I thought she was gonna go. Like, there's no stakes to it. I thought she was gonna go. I went to my husband and said, "If you give me this theater and let me do this one play that I really believe in, I will forego any divorce procedures and give you every single penny that I think I am owed." But we didn't really have that scene unless that was the scene that happened when I went to the bathroom. Right? It was implied. Was it? They they yeah. imply it at the dinner with her friends. They say like the prenup is so bad that it would take months if not years to go through so i think the illusion at the end was like i got the show i just signed the papers i forgot the the, the prenup it's all gone oh, right but they also said well, she wasn't going to get anything in the prenup so the stakes were sort of for me like you're you're it's either gonna you're not gonna get nothing 10 years from now or nothing now No, i think she was she was getting half if she doesn't divorce you know, uh, her life is better stays, if she just yeah stays yeah like, it, her life would be what it is in this movie right she oh, has they, the they theater, did say she that she has the house so she already has it in the breakup. She, it's just not an official. If she says it's official, then she loses everything. Ah, okay. And okay. so she was like, again, that's what all her friends are like. She's not going to actually divorce him. She's going to stay separated, but not actually be with him, which is like, and they're like, oh, that's like the best, like, it's the best outcome. And then at the end, she's like, no, I'm going to leave. And I guess the idea is that she's going to she live money. like not Mike love. does in, in Miami. 
Like, it would have been <laughs> probably fun to see that scene and maybe give Selma Hayek a real scene to act I don't know. in. I, I'm, I'm happy that it cut because I didn't give a shit. Yes, yeah, straight up. Really <laughs> I was like, the water scene's over. Playing. We're out. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. Pony should have started playing. Up. Credits should have hit. Fair and enough. maybe in the credits, we can it's see a couple of them look at each other. I don't even know 20 minutes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair we, enough. What did we, we, I, we talked about a little bit in the, the beginning, but we didn't talk about where it was. But there is an intermission. But like... If you didn't watch this movie, so weird. the intermission's it's not like presented the way you'd expect. Like, halfway through their show that they're showing us, so the last third of this movie is all the show. And halfway through that show, in between a couple of the dance numbers and the montage, the screen literally 21 Jump Street style cuts to, like, a kitten or something, like, right? cartoon cats and yeah. shit, and it says intermission, and it lasts on screen for, like, five seconds, and it just cuts back, like, comically. And it's... It was straight out of weird. like very jarring. It was like a yeah, it was like Twenty One Jump Street style, um, Lego movie. <laughs> like I'm just thinking of the I'm just thinking of the Phil Lord now. Yeah, like it just totally. it was like very out of parody place. of uh, what was it, uh, Hateful Eight or whatever that actually had yeah. an intermission yeah. and stuff like that. I think it's an allusion to the stage show where there is an intermission. Oh yeah, well course. yeah for sure. But like the, how comic. But for they, no one who they played it for that. a joke. Yeah, yeah. which was. Just fucking weird. yeah, it just didn't. I also work. don't know if you can play it real though. Like I don't know if you can give me a fifteen minute intermission so, in no, an no, hour I, and a half long. No, movie. I get that. Just, but, like, don't the, do it. The, don't do the, yeah. the cartoon cats and shit. Like yeah. it's, it's felt so disconnected from what this movie is. Yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like if the lady came out, I was like, all right, now for our intermission. intermission. And okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and then like Chang is backstage scrambling in the back in some weird conversation yeah. with Mike and someone. It, yeah. it it was like the only visual flary thing. It'd be like if um, if you had a whole movie that just suddenly threw like a Scott Pilgrim coin explosion out exactly. of somebody when they died. And I was like, well, that no one else. That's not that. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that hasn't been here this whole time. Very, very odd. It was odd for sure. Yeah. But the movie's over, ladies and gentlemen. We get a little bit, some little bit of credit things. And I think to myself, do they dare have a post credit sequence here where the husband's like, not in my house. And like, I was like, I gotta shut this. No, they didn't have it. We're done. He, he, he like stands in front of a mirror and he like takes off his clothes and he's, he's jacked. Oh my God. Back in the game. Holy that would be crap. Incredible. That would be awesome. <laughs> and that he murders Kevin Nash and takes the spot in the crew. Oh my God. That would be awesome. Shout out to the whole crew. I love that. Yeah, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Magic know, Mike's last dance. dance. That was Magic Mike's last dance. So um, we've already ranked the abs. Uh, for this one, we don't do Ragu Bagu. Instead, we do Best Set Piece. Currently, uh, we don't rank them. We just decide for each movie. So number one was Magic Mike's Pony, obviously. Number two was the Mirror Dance from the second okay. movie. Right. So what are we giving this one? I mean, I, I feel like it kind of... like. I equally loved the opening That's dance hard, yeah. and the last one, but I just feel like the fact that the last one incorporated scenes from the first one—it's just got to be the last. Like a little, yeah. I think it's got to be the first one. Oh, really? The first one Ooh. is a piece. It's a piece of art. It's four oneers that tell one long story. The camera turns when he's like getting his pants taken off. Shit. I think the first one's a piece of art. This is tough. And that's like the best part of the movie. It, it's worth the admission alone. I mean, I, I agree dance. with you there. I, I'd go with this the sequence here because. I didn't experience those other ones in theater. And watching this on a big screen was mm. like mesmerizing. Mm. That shit was really cool. Mm. Don't look at me, Joey. What's your vote? What what are the what's the criteria that we're voting you on? Just which, I the standout dance. The standout dance. What you think of uh, it as maybe. I think I have to go with the rain one because 
they're both dancers, so it's inherently better having yeah. them both participate. You're seeing two awesome fucking yeah, people. Versus the first one, incredibly awesome, way more like sensual, I well, kind of, I guess, because they're both more like into it together versus like the second one's more professional because two dancers. So yeah, I think I'm only the first the second one. Nick, the comes one. down to you. I get you know, I gotta come down to the second the, the second one. I think the rain dance was just something that really made me happy that we saw this in a theater. Um, and I think the first dance definitely was something special that evoked emotions that I didn't know I could have sitting right next to Andy. But um, <laughs> I think that last dance was really something cool. And I want to give it, I just want to give a shout out to that ballerina they cast. Incredible. She was fucking incredible. And wa- and watching those two make art on screen together made the whole uh, weird jumbled plot line relationship worthwhile. Yeah, I will say to, to Chris's point a little bit here, uh, even in the second movie, the mirror dance was incredible. But the the scene that I rewatch the most and show people the most is the pony. Let me light. see if he has that magic. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I go with the. Let me see if he has that magic in that mic. Oh, well, I mean, oh the Pinkett. like test one and that it, she makes him do. And he like flips yeah. upside down on a chair. I think is like the most stunning choreography, uh, choreography I've ever seen in my life. It, yeah, there's but just like, something about the scene of him with the the welding thing making mm-hmm. the sparks to the beat a pony that I just think is so special. And the opening scene of this is something I am gonna show my friends. I would be like, you need to just fucking watch this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is just so horny. Like, it's so fucking horny. It's so horny. Yeah, I think it is the difference between horny and, like, technical. Yeah. Yes. And that's yeah. the difference, everybody. <laughs> the power of Magic Mike. The that is the line Magic Mike skates Mike. for all of us. Um, all right. Now it's time to rank the Magic Mike cinematic universe. Currently, number one, we have Magic Mike XXL. Number two, we have Magic Mike. Who wants to start the bidding? I'll oh, start it. Yeah, go, go for it. Because I don't know that I'm... I think that this is strongly number two. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I I think the core of Magic Mike for me is the, like, relationship uh, between all the guys. I know we don't get that... We get that less in the first movie and it builds, but we really, like, solidify that in the second movie. Um, and because we don't have that in this one, I think it ranks under the second one. I do think it's, like, a more better... It's a better movie. It makes more sense, but it's not necessarily as much fun. And I like fun, so I'm mm. keeping XXL at one and putting this at number two. I would put this movie at number one. I like. I I just thought it was they they really tried hard to do something different with this, and they failed pretty across the board. But the musical numbers in this, and and I'll, I'll rank this at number one because the choreography in this is just unbelievably good. I don't think I've seen a dance a dancing like this in movies in a long, long time, and that's something that I always miss in the Magic Mike movies where it's like you get him dancing and you're like, that was dope. And then we have to watch Matt Bomber dance. You're like, he's just not a dancer. And finally we get professional dancers here. We get 30 minutes of this movie is like awesome stuff that you don't really get to see that much anymore. So I put this at number one. I think it's worth seeing. And I think it's worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah. But there's no Backstreet Boys in this one. God damn it. You're right. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) Chris. I think this is number one as well. Um, I think it's it, it's the whenever we talk about Magic Mike One, we're like, oh, but it's actually a good movie. Like, I think this is that what we actually are talking about. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a solid good movie. And I think every dance piece that everyone does is great and fun. Um, and I don't think there's I don't think it has the lows that the other two has, where you're just like, why is this happening for twenty minutes? Please get me out of this scene. Um, yeah, this is definitely number one for me. Andy, there's a, there's a solid chance right now that I put double XL at the bottom ranking and just don't remember it. 
But Joey bringing up all the the just camaraderie, I loved that stuff. That was a lot of fun. That being said, I don't remember a single fucking thing about either of both of these movies. <laughs> like you mentioned the drilling, I was like, oh, that was a scene. And then I forgot about Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> and then, but I do remember Charlie Gambino in the second one. Do you remember that? I do. I kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you. Yeah, you could have told me that him and fucking Danny those. Glover were both in it, and I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Um, but I do remember Nine Inch Nails mm. on the big stage. Yeah, and that that song rules, and that sequence was cool as shit. Um, I'll go with this one at number two. Dang, tied two to two. Tim, oh, take I'm it on number one. Yeah, last dance. And it just, like, look, I fucking, you saved the last uh, dance. I, hey, there we go. The uh, double XL has just again the highest highs. I fucking love it. Love the fun. Love the camaraderie. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I feel like beginning to end, I had a smile on my face, which is not true for the first two. Um, and I, I, everything we've said here, there's a lot of not great stuff here. There's a lot of really kind of eh, stuff. I don't know. There's too much bad stuff and there's definitely nothing that's horrible in this um but the biggest thing to me is what andy was saying i really wish there's moments of brilliance of them getting what this movie is and then there's a lot of other moments where they just take it a little too seriously Mm -hmm. and it's like just fucking know what this is like the fact that the a big part of the plot was oh man they're coming in to shut down the show because reasons it's so funny but they don't make it funny enough those dudes never popped up ever yeah like it's it's hilarious uh, but i do think that uh it's just beginning to end. It made sense enough, and the all the dance scenes were just fucking incredible. And it was the horniest one. And you know what? That's what I'm looking for from my boy Magic Mike. <laughs> all right? Uh, so the rankings for Magic Mike are, number one, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Number two, Magic Mike Double XL, And number three, Magic Mike. Will Mike return? We can <laughs> only hope. <laughs> I have faith. I think we'll see him again one day. Uh, let us know Let's make it happen. In the comments below what you thought of this episode of In Review. Thank all 14 of you for watching this. Thank you, Barrett, for bringing up this image. Uh, Chris. Which one of the majors in the next Magic Mike movie? Fuck it, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> we couldn't handle that. We could yeah, not no, handle that. No, 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 no. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Christopher Anka on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I will say, though, I want to tag off of what Joey just said. If you want any great reason to go see Magic Mike live, imagine the rain dance, but it lifts into the air. Sick. Rain and air. (laughs) Jesus. Till next time. I love you.